Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. This WBEZ podcast is supported by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Suicide is a topic that hides in the shadows. It's time we talk away the dark, learn how to spot the warning signs for suicide, and how you can have an open, caring, real conversation to help save lives. Visit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to watch the new short film and learn more at AFSP.org slash talkawaythedark. Hi, I'm Jen White, and this is your Sunday Reset. In 2007, KP left home, the Swinomish Indian tribal community, about halfway between Seattle and Vancouver, and headed for Portland, Oregon. Portland was home to Lewis and Clark College, a large music community, and a vibrant queer community. Over the next decade, KP played in a lot of bands, learned the business side of the industry, and found her people. But she realized there was something missing from the music, particularly the lyrics that she was playing. And so Black Belt Eagle Scout was born, a project to tell her brown, queer, indigenous story. Her latest album is called At the Party with My Brown Friends. And KP joins us now. Welcome to Reset. Hi, thanks for having me. Tell us first just about life growing up on the Swinomish Reservation. What was it like? Swinomish is Coast Salish tribe, and we are water people. We are salmon people, and it's a very small reservation very beautiful. And I grew up in a really tight-knit family. It's like right across the Swinomish Channel from this small town of LaConnor. So I grew up going to LaConnor Elementary, LaConnor Middle School, LaConnor High School, and so on. (laughs) And I just, I don't know. I had a pretty good, pretty good childhood, pretty good time growing up, you know, living with my family, doing our own cultural thing. Mm -hmm. You said it was a small, tight-knit community. About Mm -hmm. how many people? Probably like a little over a thousand people in the uh, tribe itself. And then on the reservation, there's, I think, maybe a little over half now that live there. So it's not really a lot of people. It's just kind of like this neighborhood that you grow up in. And you walk around and you get to know everybody. Most everyone's your family. How was music a part of your life as you were coming up as a child? Music has sort of just always been a big part of my life, either versus like hearing it on the radio and like kind of being inside that like Western cultural music. And then on the other hand, like being a part of this family that practices our culture in a very spiritual way. So my dad would like sing me lullabies to sleep of like our Coast Salish songs. And then I'd also have this other form of music that is a part of just rock and roll or pop music. And so I got to, I guess, experience music in a big way. You taught yourself to play guitar and piano. Yeah. (laughs) When did you first feel the the desire to pick those instruments up? I think it was when I was like in elementary school. I remember hearing piano music and I felt really drawn to it. I just thought it was really beautiful. And 
the thought of learning something that like complex just I was like really really into it and I really wanted to to challenge myself I just I I asked my parents to to get me a guitar and my parents are just have always been supportive of me it's really quite a wonderful thing and a privilege that I've been able to have growing up every time I want to do something they're always like yes you know we'll 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 support you in this way like we'll set you up with piano lessons and then we'll get you a guitar you know so that access to having a guitar and to being able to to play it and and be free and feel supported I think really helped me go in any direction that I wanted to with music. Once you moved to Portland as I mentioned you you went there to go to Lewis and Clark College. What was that transition like for you? Well, at first it was I was very excited cuz I'd always wanted to go to college. I had a really great experience and I was so stoked to just be independent and to be able to live life as freely as I could. And I remember being very sad. I essentially came from this huge family, like having people from my reservation send me off. And then all of a sudden I'm sitting in this dorm room by myself and, you know, having to go find food. (laughs) (laughs) So... I went to Portland because of this organization called the Rock and Roll Camp for Girls. That's why I chose a college. I was just like, I need to find a college to go to in Portland so that I could be a part of this community. And I wanted to find a community that was accepting of myself as a queer person and that I felt like I could thrive in with music and with political music and with people who identified as like feminists like that was like a big thing when I was in high school I went to like my high school is super small like it was around like 40 or so graduating class so like if you bring up feminism it's like you're just talking to a couple people sometimes to the birth of Black Belt Eagle Scout coming from your feeling that something was was missing um, in the music you were making. What was that something that was missing for you? I think that it was creative control. (laughs) 
I've been a part of the Portland music scene for a really long time, since 2007 when I moved there. I started playing in bands right away. And all of the bands that I've been in have never really felt truly like my own project. I felt like there have been a lot of beautiful collaborations and then a lot of, you know, just sort of playing in someone else's band. I've just gone through a lot of those experiences. And so when Black Belt Eagle Scout was a kind of contender of a thing, there was just this huge huge weight lifted off my shoulder I think when I realized that I should just be doing that and that that should be my creative project because then I I just again felt free like I I could be in control of exactly what I wanted to put out into the world I like collaborating with people but when it's your own thing when it's like you just you know having the freedom to like write something down or play something and it's like it's just a really incredible feeling Is there any fear that goes along with that experience of really just leaning in and taking complete ownership? I don't know if there's fear. I would say that there's vulnerability. I definitely feel vulnerable at times where I'm not sure if I'm making the right decision, mainly when it's like banned business decisions and like, what do I do? And so that's when I got a manager <laughs> who I could just be like, hey, what do you think about this? Um, but still, I have the, the say in it. But just to be able to ask somebody who is invested in what I'm doing, I guess. That's KP. She's the lead singer, songwriter, and multi-instrumentalist behind Black Belt Eagle Scout. The new album is called At the Party with My Brown Friends. Now, your first album, Mother of My Children, came out in 2017, and it's sound and and themes are different from At the Party with My Brown Friends. How would you describe this most recent album and, and what you're exploring in it? For this, this past album, I was trying to just sort of write something about what was going on in my life. I think that that just comes naturally to me. And so I was realizing that after I um, had Mother of My Children out, which is very much about a grieving chapter in my life. I was, you know, starting anew, starting starting like fresh and was realizing that I was having all of these really supportive conversations and building up these supportive relationships with my friends. My like core group of like brown friends in Portland. And so that aspect of friendship I just kept seeing it come out in this in what I was creating I think I just sort of rolled with that that I I wanted friendship to be um, the main theme in the album You're doing what you're doing so that other indigenous people specifically can see it's possible, can see other realities. Talk about 
the importance of that aspect of your work? I think that representation is extremely powerful and especially correct representation of indigenous culture. And I want to be an advocate for that. I think that the fact that I'm able to have a platform, uh, I think that I need to use that. It's not It's not something that, that I feel like so much pressure from, but there is a teeny bit of pressure because I just want more people to be able to create spaces like I'm doing. I mean, one of the things that I try and do is just include more indigenous people in in like projects that I'm doing, like with music videos that I'm making, like working with indigenous filmmakers or photographers and just trying to create this indigenous community through this music that I have and through through this creative journey that I'm on. And I just want more indigenous people to be known and to have the credit for the incredible work that they're already doing. What does it look like? What does it feel like to create that space where people can be present, especially indigenous people can be present in the way you're describing? Sometimes I have a hard time with addressing the crowd. I think it comes up with me just sort of being a shy person. And when I'm when I'm realizing that like there's a, a big crowd that's watching me, I get really shy sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I think about you know like what if I didn't say anything? I would just be this you know someone would just be looking at me and I'd be singing and I'd be playing my music, and that's good. But also like because I have these thoughts on creating spaces for indigenous people, like I need to be saying something. I'm seeing it with fellow musicians, not just indigenous musicians, but fellow musicians of color, is that we're trying to create these boundaries where, because it's this show that people are coming to watch us, where we can say, like, this is how it's going to be here, this area in particular. This is how indigenous people are going to be treated. We're going to uplift these voices. We are going to say, hey, this space is for you, and it's because systematically other spaces haven't been for you at one of these shows uh, recently that I was doing and I was like you know indigenous people to the front people of color to the front you know let's have this like little area in the front be for us you know because if we're not going to get our land back tonight we're going to take over this little small spot (laughs) how did the crowd receive um mostly people were quiet and I think people were respectful and then also, like, there weren't totally a lot of Indigenous people at that particular show, so... <laughs> but it's something that I feel like I'm going to continue to do. And 
Hopefully other people will do that too. The title of the album, I keep coming back to it, um, at the party with my brown friends. It sounds like a, a message to other brown folks to say, "Yeah, this album is, it's about you, but it's also for you. Mm-hmm. I live in Portland. Portland's one of the widest cities in the U.S. And I feel like I've had to try really hard to create a community where I, it's diverse and where I see more people like me who I can talk to, who I can share thoughts, who I can share views with, who will really understand what I'm going through because they're going through the same thing or something very similar. And so a lot of the album is about that community and is about this this group of friends that I've created for myself that I think that other people have done the same. And it's because of that connection that you feel when when you're talking to somebody who understands in a similar way. So... I was just thinking about, you know, at the party, not a literal party, but more so a philosophical take on it, being life, being where you are, being like how you're living, and whether it's a good thing or if it's a bad thing that you're living through. Like, for me, I think that it is 100% more powerful and empowering, actually, to be able to experience that with people like you. So we're all at this party and at the party with my brown friends. What do you hope people take away from the album? The funny thing is that sometimes I'm not so literal with lyrics. So I think that it's hard if someone's listening and hearing like words and it depends on like what kind of listener you are in music. I think that It can be maybe a little difficult to truly understand what I'm trying to say, but I hope that people just listen to it all because all of it's me on the record. I play every instrument. So if you, you know, for those people listening, just sort of listen to every single sound and to try and think of like how that can play into what kind of community that you're trying to create. That's KP, the lead singer, songwriter, and multi-instrumentalist behind Black Belt Eagle Scout. The new album is called At the Party with My Brown Friends. KP, thanks for speaking with us. Thank you. When the day turns to And that's your Sunday Reset. Hope you're enjoying the holiday weekend. The Reset team is driving and flying back from family dinners across the country today so we can bring you the best conversations in Chicago tomorrow. I'm Jen White. Thanks for listening. And let's talk again soon.
Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.